0: What is up, consumies? This is Jamie Lewis, host of the Consumed Podcast, where eaters, drinkers, thinkers, and makers sit at my creaky kitchen table and talk about life and flavor with me. You're at the table, too. Thanks for joining us. Before I introduce today's guest, here's a little bit about sponsors of the Consumed Podcast. Do you want to be more intentional about the meat you eat and feed your family? Have you even considered giving up eating meat entirely because you can no longer justify supporting the inhumane and industrialized system that brings meat to your dinner table? If you're looking for a simple way to guarantee you always have access to healthy, sustainably farmed meat and wild seafood, the Larder Meat Co. is here to help. Since 2016, Larder Meat Co. has been delivering farm-raised beef, pork, chicken, lamb, and wild seafood sourced from right here in the Golden State to customers who demand the highest quality proteins as well as intentional sourcing standards and transparency. A convenient club box from Larder Meat Co. makes it easy to automate the most important part of your monthly food budget. You can build a custom box or choose from one of the many curated bundles that LMC offers. As a Larder Meat Co. customer, you are supporting the ever-dwindling ranching industry that has fed us for generations, and you're building a sustainable future for your family, our ranchers, and the planet. Use code CONSUMED at checkout to save $25 on your first subscription and check healthy farm-raised meat and wild seafood off your grocery list for good. That's LarderMeatCo.com. Promo code consumed for $25 off your first subscription. Consumed is sponsored by Midstate Containers, cargo storage containers and refrigerated shipping containers for sale and rent in California. You may not understand how Midstate Containers could change your life, but the truth is, many, many guests on the Consumed podcast use Midstate for their projects. Containers can serve as wine storage units for case goods, for private collections and even tasting rooms. They can be refrigerated storage containers for breweries, kegs, and fruit during harvest for wineries. Midstate Containers outfits coolers and freezers for ranchers, farmers market growers, orchards, and butchers. Containers can make great pop up coffee bars and berry containers for root sellers. My guest from season 10, Krista Flieger from Lonely Palm Ranch, uses her Midstate Container for an office on her property. Other ideas include school rooms, music, and photography studios. And there are other things that can be grown, stored, and processed in a midstate container. So use your imagination and get on their website to request a quote. Midstatecontainers.com. Slow Food Co op is your friendly neighborhood grocer, maintaining local organic and non GMO standards. Slow Food Co op sources from local producers, ensuring they offer their shoppers great food and household staples. With a mission to empower health and well being in the community, they offer local produce, meats, low to no waste foods, and wellness items. You can find Slow's only community owned grocery store on their website at slowfood.coop and visit Slow Food Co op in store at 2494 Victoria Avenue in San Luis Obispo, California. Okay, on to the episode. Gibbsy and Josh Beckett own and operate Thibodeau Winery, based in Paso Robles, California. Josh Beckett is one of those Becketts, the Beckett family that established Peachy Canyon Winery, one of Paso's OG producers. He grew up surrounded by wine and viticulture, along with his brother Jake. The two of them left Paso Robles for college without any intention of returning. Not only would they return— But they would become integral to operations at Peachy Canyon, and then they would start their own label, Chronic Cellars, along with Josh's wife, Gibbsy, who he met in college at University of San Diego. Today, Gibbsy and Josh have a label that's all their own, Thibodeau Winery, an entirely online project that's pushing wine industry boundaries and institutional thinking. Listen to Gibbsy and Josh talk about Australia, their English degrees, and how their kids, a.k.a. the next generation, are pushing them to do the right thing. I'm so happy you're here and that we get to chat on a pretty like blustery Friday
1: afternoon. It almost and feels
2: like fall is coming. In. It's going to be like fall and then right into winter. Or I
1: know. But it's kind of weird. I oh, know. We skipped right over that season, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we did. Well, and you
0: guys just went through harvest so you were saying that that wrapped up pretty early it was
2: fast and furious but actually today is our last day of grapes oh really for chronic yeah okay we still work with chronic as well
0: yeah what'd you bring in today
2: movedra okay
0: and from where
2: um from out on it's not for me but it's for kip who does chronic but it's out on las tablas road yeah out in the willow Creek. Nice. Yeah,
0: Nice. How did wine become a thing for you? I know the answer, but how did it wine. become a thing for you? For
2: me, it was my, well, it kind of goes, even when I met Gibbsy at first, it wasn't wine. I So I grew up in Paso Robles. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents started Peachy Canyon in 1982, or no, I'm sorry, 1988. Mm-hmm. Um, they were a little winery before that, even called Tobias Winery, oh, really? which is where Ecluse is today. Huh. Um, so, yeah, there was like seven wineries in Tobias days. And then when we started PG, I think there was eight eight or ten. Yeah, eight or 10.
0: it's an OG for yeah.
2: sure. And then we got started. I mean, I can drag. I can take all the time. Take all but, the time. Uh, but, I don't uh, care. Um, we started PG. My parents started Tobias, Pat Wheeler, who was Tobias. Um, and my dad became partners. My dad had a little chain of liquor stores in San Diego hmm. with my grandparents, who are the Thibodeaux. Okay. Um, when I was born in Oceanside and then, uh, so, my
0: husband's from Vista uh, and Oceanside. That's where my oh, parents wow. are from. Vista. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I went to Crestview elementary school in Vista. Oh my God. Until the f- third grade. I
0: think Jake went to Lincoln. Does that yeah, ring that a bell? He really does ring a bell. Okay. Uh, yeah.
2: Um, so yeah, when we moved to Paso, we were farming walnuts. We met Pat who had Tobias they, my dad and Pat became partners. Pat didn't know how to sell wine at the time. My dad knew how to sell wine, but not how to make wine. They became mm. partners. Did it for a while. Pat didn't think Paso was ever going to become a wine region. Wanted out. <laughs> left. <laughs> Pulled
1: <whoops. fooled> him. <laughs> my dad had
2: kind of just like, he got the bug, as a lot of people do. You know, you see a lot of pe- young people all the time getting yeah. the bug, that wine bug, where they get super excited about it, and they just go all in. Yeah. Uh, my parents kind of essentially did the same thing. Tore a bunch of our walnuts out that we were farming, put in dry farm Zinfandel, and built a little winery, and kind of the rest is history with Peachy Canyon, and that's where I started. That's how I got introduced to wine.
0: So, you, okay, so a couple of things. First yeah. of all, <laughs> they knew to dry farm Zin. Well, there?
2: so my they just had saw what was kind of historically doing well out on the west side. Yeah. You know the Paesantes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Uberoth vineyard was already there. The Pizeni vineyard was already there, you know, dry farm stuff they had. And I think in the Ducey's were already there and doing it for, since the twenties. Right. And he kind of got that bug for Zen and then saw what they were doing. And that's kind of what sparked his passion, Mm. um, was Zen and dry farming Zen. And, you know, I don't, you know, if he, if he knew where rainfall and temperatures were today, I don't know if he would have planted it that way. Right. Um, But we still, what was it, 10 years ago, we planted 30 more acres of dry farm stuff around the winery. So we're still kind of, it's a part of our program.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, But yeah, he started with Zen, selling it out of the back of the truck, driving up and down the Mm -hmm. state. We opened our first tasting room in Cayucas, underneath the old candy store Mm -hmm. in the basement because that's where all the tourists were. Wait, where's that in the basement of the candy store? In China. It's at the, is it the way station or by the (gasps) way station
0: somewhere? What? What was Hoppy's? Like, right, yeah, yeah, somewhere
2: right around there. Yeah, okay. I vaguely remember as a kid, you know, it was somewhere around there. But wow. there's pictures. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there was a, we had a taste room there. And and then, so that was in 88, kind of when we started uh, Peachy Canyon in 1992, I think, or 1993, maybe, somewhere around there. Peachy Canyon was top 100 in the world in Wine Spectator. And that's kind of what started the, got the ball rolling, right? And um, good, you know, right time, right place. You know, Paso was, what part of Texas is that? You know, when we were out, you know, (laughs) nobody knew. So it was, you know, there wasn't a ton of competition, um, you know now there 's competition, but it 's good competition. We yeah. still have the same camaraderie today if with two hundred or three hundred wineries as we did when there was ten hmm. um, hmm. that 's cool to hear so yeah, for sure, and then my brother and I grew up with it with it. We were never put in trouble one day in our or on restriction, I should say one day in our lives, it was either go hoe weeds or wash tanks or wash mm-hmm. barrels, you know, and that was our kind of introduction to the winery is just go work in it, yeah, you know? and that 's what you have to do and so and then growing up in Paso, my brother and I didn't want anything to do with Paso because there was no culture or art or yeah. history, culture relevant from other parts of the world. There is oh, our yeah. Hispanic heritage and whatnot, and you know. Mm-hmm. And, but uh, there was no good food or anything. So as soon as we both graduated from high school, we were out of here. Yeah. And Did
0: you guys go to the same place? Did no. You travel Jake together? went
2: north to Stanislaus State. He got oh. a degree in cultural and anthropology. Oh And then I love anthropology. Uh, I bounced around a little bit to cuesta to santa barbara city back to cuesta and then i ended up in san diego at usd mm. and where i met gibsey and got a degree in english
1: what yeah and
2: then i was <laughs> but then i didn't then i was living the dream after i graduated i was just managing a surf shop and ocean beach and yeah. cruising and gibsey was still finishing up college and
1: also UC, usd uh, yeah. also usd also a degree in english literature <laughs> <laughs> read both
0: english literature uh-huh Okay, hold on. So, don't ask me about it. No, I will. No, I'm going to. Where <laughs> no, does that? What does that part come from? Uh, no, for you, because, especially because you're like, don't ask me. Well, now I have to. Ask summers, off uh, vacations, and
2: you know all the teacher holidays, and oh, because you thought that. you
0: would teach. Yes. Okay. Was okay. To teach. Yeah, that was my. But you well. obviously had an interest in it. Not really. Oh yeah. gosh. It was a mercenary venture. Yeah, I think much. there were
1: a lot of nuns that were very lenient with <laughs> Cute surfer boys that showed up in the front row of the class and showed up on time every time. He never missed a class, so Oh. I think that was That goes a long way. It, it does go I a long way. I needed
2: that. I couldn't do the, yeah. you know, when I was like especially like Santa Barbara City working at Brofies trying to go to school and then walking back and forth and never be held accountable. I would just yeah. be like, yeah, I'm not going again today. and not going to go again today. So. Yeah.
0: Were you also wanting to be a teacher? Was it only?
1: I came from a family of teachers. Okay. It was not what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I'd, I actually started out pre-med and I was, um, I was good at science, but not great at science. Mm-hmm. And I was really good at English literature. Mm-hmm. I could write, you know, it was like, oh, okay, well I can get good grades in this, but I'm. I really thought I wanted to go to medical school and then I met Josh and realized I didn't want to go to medical school mm. and I wasn't, yeah, hacking what I needed to to get to get to medical school. So I switched to English literature and skated right through and um and finished up and then I actually worked for the newspaper for a little while. Um oh, really? here at Telegram or the yeah. Tribune. The Tribune, yeah. Oh, and and then but I couldn't get a job as a writer. I they put me in ads and I was, ho- I'm a horrible salesperson. <laughs> well, and there's, that's a completely different skill set. Yeah. They were trying to make a job for me. So I did a, yeah. a short stint there and then, and then I ended up getting my teaching credential, which was not yeah. what I wanted to do. Yeah. And I did that for a while. And, and then, yeah, that came to a close too. Mm. So. Yeah. Um, you can tell when you read the Thibodeau,
0: any kind of writing that's around it, which extends into like, you know, whether it's social media or website or whatever, or even just emailing with you, it's obvious that you have a pretty great grasp of, of writing. Yeah. And it makes a big difference. It's like, I I could see, I've had conversations with people who are like, I don't use anything that I studied in college. I really would Mm. like beg to differ on that. You do use your stuff, Mm. whether it's okay. Maybe you're not an attorney or an architect, but You for sure there is value in that.
1: I would agree. I would agree. I, who knew that? you know, being yeah. able to write, I mean, I started at Peach Canyon, just, you know, oh, could you just edit the labels? And yeah. thankfully for me, I married into a family that they, they don't spell very well. And they, they. <laughs> <laughs> I married I mean, into one of those they too. Need, they need people like yes, me they sometimes. Do. So yeah. So I did a lot of editing and label writing, you know, it was like, oh, could you just write the newsletter? And, yeah. and then I sort of just slid that direction and somehow got behind the tasting room as the tasting room manager for a little while. And my father-in-law very kindly brought me in and asked me to fire everybody at the tasting room at one mm-hmm. point. And Oh, it was, yeah, that was, that was, those were tough times. Was that was, um, yeah. that was right around nine 11 because I remember sitting in the tasting room on the day of 9 11. Shoot. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, anyhow, um, not to bring it down, but um, oh, yeah. Yeah. that's real life. You know, it's yeah. funny about you saying that. I was
0: almost going to say, I applied for a job at Peachy Canyon. <laughs> it may have been right around there. You had it, There was a big sea change, right? Mm-hmm, at one point. Mm-hmm. And I applied, and I had no, no background in anything you were looking for. I didn't even get an interview. It was like, thank you so much, bye-bye. You probably had a lot of applicants, but also I just was. Well, that's when people used to want to work. Yeah. Now it's tough. Yeah, Yeah. well, yes, it's a different, (laughs) it's it's a a totally different world, yeah. Yeah, That's true, yeah. Um, And also speaking of um, teaching, I, I love writing, I love journalism. I taught journalism at Cal Poly and it's a completely different thing. Teaching is not the same as whatever subject you're teaching. Yes, absolutely. Um, it was. It didn't suit me so great. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's a challenge. It was probably one of the hardest jobs I've ever done, aside from Thibodeau. <laughs> yeah, right. The one that you currently <laughs> yeah, have. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was a hard job. I mean, I started out that teaching, um, at San Antonio up mm-hmm. in Lockwood area. Yeah, uh, that was an introduction to some l- low-income kids. Yeah. that I hadn't experience before but um yeah it was a great first grade opportunity to you know kind of learn how to get my feet wet and then yeah. um, and then I moved to Templeton and worked at Templeton Elementary School which was wow oh, what a different culture right a as a teacher school. you know yeah totally different um socioeconomic background so mm-hmm. yeah it was great um and then uh, and then we moved to Australia and wait what why <laughs> when was that oh, yeah. um that was in two thousand three. Yeah, okay. yeah. Did a, it was a...
2: a to move to Margaret River for a bit, a little mm. bit, just to do a, a harvest and lived on the property there at Cape Mentelle Winery.
0: Is that was, a lot of Cab in Margaret River? A lot
2: of Cab, a lot of some Syrah, some Semillon, mm-hmm. Semillon Blancs.
0: Blanc. Yeah, mm-hmm. they
2: did make a little tiny bit of Zin.
0: They did. Yeah,
2: it was, it was pretty cool. That's kind of how we got in. I found friends of ours, the Shaw's. Daniel Shaw was the winemaker. Jay Lore at the time, mm-hmm. Philip Shaw Brand. They're from Australia, and he hooked us up over there because they did do a little bit of zen, so that was kind of cool. That is so cool. Yeah.
0: That is so cool. When Jake and I were in New Zealand, we were there for six months working in a winery and a brewery, actually, owned by the same family. And um, we, in Marlborough, it's all... It's all Sauvignon Blanc, some Riesling, and some very thin Pinot. Mm. And we would drive around looking for something that tastes like, tasted like home. Right. And we found, I um, can't remember the name, it's a huge winery, but they had a tasting room in Blenheim where we were, but they had vineyards all over, um, and they had a, um, a Syrah that we tasted, and we were just like, Paso! Oh, <laughs> it was like licking a steak. It was so good. And I just, I'll never forget that, that our sensory memory is so, it's such a real thing. So how cool is that to try so working cool. with Zen in a totally different place? Yeah, we had a ton of fun. So when you and Jake started Chronic, mm-hmm. what year was that?
2: So the kind of the... We were both full time at Peachy. I came back to Peachy in '98. Um, My parents called me for just a two week window to come help out, get the the POS system and the tasting room. This was after college. Oh, and this is how they got you back. This is how I got you. When you were like never. And then just Mm -hmm. to segue how we got to the chronic, so I came back in '98. Jake came back around 2000. Um, I kind of went the production vineyard route. Jake ended up going sales route. And then at mm-hmm. one time, we around 2004 was when we came up with the cro- the concept of chronic. Mm-hmm. And at the time, there was not a lot of variety in branding or marketing in wine. It Truth. was very traditional, very simple, very um, not boring, but very kind of gearing towards the same demographic of people. Yep. Everybody oh, yeah. was trying to t- talk to the same group. Mm-hmm. Nobody was talking to this huge vast of people over here that didn't know if we they did or did not like wine but at least nobody was even really trying it's yeah.
1: um, interesting too as young you know we were in our what late 20s and we would go to these events or you know do yeah. the work with for peachy canyon and you felt like you know you were you were the little kid and yeah in the middle age to mm-hmm. upper age yeah. tier of customers and salespeople. you just felt like a fish out of water all the time yeah. so i think it was
2: so then we kind of like, mm. we like thought about it. Like we need to, for two, there were two main things. One, we need to come up with something. We wanted to, we need to try to, sh, we we can't keep relying on the same group of people to buy our wine forever because eventually they're going to be gone. Mm. They're going to be, right? And <laughs> that's a morbid way to say it, but yeah. Yeah. it's true. Gotcha. They will be, we have to create new connoisseurs. Mm-hmm. And if we don't start trying to create new Customers or new connoisseurs we're gonna eventually you know we'll, they'll come over later in life but we need mm-hmm. to let's start with them earlier and then the other reason is my brother and I and Gibbsy and, um, didn't want to also be the, the kids that just were handed a winery yeah we really yeah. wanted to make our own way and mm-hmm. just to maybe prove to ourselves maybe prove to other people I don't know but we just wanted to do our thing so 2004 we came up with a concept 2006 we kind of started really releasing wine like we made literally 40 cases of the first vintage mm-hmm. of petite Sirah. we just you know we didn't it was just chronic sellers petite Sirah. we hadn't even started with a whole crazy name concept and everything yes. and then it just kind of my brother is very um
1: He's a wordsmith. Very, I was going to yes. say who, so, who came up with crafty. crafty. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. I came up with the chronic name and then he has come up with everything else. Sofa King Bueno, yeah. all that. Yeah. Sofa mm-hmm. King, Dead Nuts, Ricardo Grande, Purple Paradise. You know, I mean, yeah. there's, and he's got a mile long list on his phone that he's always just adding to it. I and then he'll that. even share with the people who, with WX, who the people that acquired, acquired the it, brand yeah. and yeah. You know, and then like, hey, I got another good one for you.
0: That's cool that yeah. you guys still have that relationship with very them. Very much so. That's very yeah.
2: cool. So we still process all of their kind of DTC wine club, higher end wines mm-hmm. at Peachy as in mm-hmm. their like a custom crush client of ours.
0: But do I remember correctly that you're, did you have a tasting room? You did, right? Yeah.
2: So they lease a tasting room from us as well.
0: And it was on the way to Nasimeno, right? Still there. Still there. Okay. Still there. Yeah. okay. So, yeah. did you ever get any? I mean, if the listener doesn't know what chronic sellers right. looked like, it had right. a really has a really specific look. Um,
2: kind of Day of the Dead. They're yeah. all block prints. They're yeah. all real sketchy and um,
0: skeletons.
2: Skeletons mm-hmm. and and. Now your traditional wine table.
0: No, definitely Where, uh, not.
2: You know, now there's a lot more skeletons and a lot more block prints and um Joe, you know, Joe Callionzos who did all the art originally. Mm. WX has moved on now and the labels have changed a little bit, but Joe still does block prints for Saxum. He does oh, all that. He's the that's he, beautiful Yeah, too. he does their stuff, but Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, did you ever get any pushback from people about I mean, chronic sellers, it for sure implies weed and right. I mean, right. and it's just a little bit because you're appealing to a younger demographic mm-hmm. I mean you didn't say that, but, but no, that's why and we
2: really thought that and <laughs> I forget the, it was like 65 or 75% of our wine club. When, you know, when we had done the transition transition with WX, when they acquired it, 75% was like 65 years and older. It was crazy. <laughs> of course like it was. Because they're like, oh my God, I'm a... Like deadhead. Har- yes. Yeah. It appeals or to I'm the deadhead person, yeah. Or Customer. I'm a, you know, I'm a football person, but I don't have a castle on a hill. Or I don't yeah. have a beautiful ranch with horses galloping yes. through the creek. And, and it was just it, like they just came out of the woodwork. Mm-hmm. But Jake and I... You know, kind of like Thibodeau. Today, we're doing a totally different marketing scheme, yeah. and with Chronic, we did a totally different marketing scheme. That everything the wine industry was doing then, we did the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we did motocross events. We would sponsor. Yes, we did exactly. snowmobile racers in Wyoming and Montana. We did MMA fights. We were the bumper of the first oh MMA. Gosh. You know, at the fairground, <laughs> we did anything that. Is this all Jake's wanted. idea? All of that? Pretty much. We did. We had a semi truck, Warthog Racing, where we had logo on the semi you know driving around the country with motocross kids you know and so it was just anything to read and people like felt like wait I can like wine too Mm -hmm. I'm not Mm -hmm. afraid to go in and say the wrong thing anymore because I feel welcome in this tasting room like yeah this weight would come off their shoulders Hmm. um and now you know and now we've you know that worked and they're still doing it and now we're
0: Something different, yeah. So tell me, so so when I asked if I could come and taste at Thibodeau, you're like, no, no, because it's not that kind of a
1: model. What is the model? The business model is to do an online winery. I mean, we're online, so and that's really what what we realized and what we knew was it's an out it's it's an out of the box concept for the wine customer because everybody everyone anticipates coming to your tasting room to taste your wine Mm -hmm. and we buy everything off the shelf we buy jeans we buy steak we buy beer I mean nowadays I'm buying a tall four pack of beer for Mm $19.99 and I don't taste it before I buy it from the grocery store so I think you know we're we're going at it we might be a little ahead of the curve Mm -hmm. I mean you know Mm -hmm. we're seeing our retail shops closing and for us the approach was, I mean, in a practical way, it was, you know, we already are involved with PG Canyon. We have staff. We have a retail space. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we have the beauty of a, a tasting room and and all of the positives and negatives. Like that a go classical with that. model. Yeah. Right. And that's like all my
2: head knows and she has to yeah. bring me back
1: all yeah. the time. Well, I mean, we're parents and mm-hmm. and we live... We live in Morro Bay. Yeah. We commute back and forth to Paso Robles. We commuted. I mean, Josh has commuted back and forth. I've done it for several years, but Josh has done it for several decades. Mm-hmm. And um, and the reality was, how how do we produce really fantastic wine and bring it to the consumer without all the other stuff? I don't. I don't want to do zip lines, and I don't want to make T-shirts, and I don't. I don't want to do any of that stuff. I want to give you a beautiful bottle of wine. Tour in the hum- Hummer. Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. Yeah. I-, I said it, you I didn't. I was like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. I mean, the, yeah. and, and consumers have grown to expect so much from yeah. these wineries and the wineries are bending over. I mean, we're all doing it. We're right. doing it mm-hmm. at PG Canyon. Mm-hmm. We're all bending over backwards to make the experience whole. Um, but we just sort of stripped it all down and said, we just want to make good wine. Yep. We want to make great wine. And, and the impetus started because we purchased a an a, a property um in the Willow Creek area and in that district and Josh poured his heart and soul and every weekend for an entire year shoveling dirt. Um mm. you really you really built this beautiful vineyard, which I called the girlfriend for a long time because <laughs> every chance <laughs> his side chick. Yes, yeah. every chance he got he was there. Um and then it just sort of it sort of snowballed to be fair because it was like oh gosh we have this beautiful vineyard mm. and the plan was to build it and then you know obviously grow some for peachy canyon it's an mm-hmm. estate vineyard as a family it's it's ours we share the josh and i share the vineyard but um always we're beckett's yeah we're part of the peachy canyon family yeah. so um and and we we rightfully assumed that we could we could share that fruit with other friends who mm-hmm. own other vineyards which we did this year mm-hmm. which we're super which proud super of
0: fun. who'd you share with uh, Torrin yeah. Scott and
1: Vickel at Torin, Mike um, um, Price yes yeah, oh, Price Myers and uh, yeah.
2: Stanley and Elena at Top yeah, winery. Yeah. So, yeah, very at cool. Peachy
1: Canyon. So yeah, if if you guys are listening, we would love to do um, a little dinner, a, co- a collaborative <laughs> dinner in 2024 yeah. when everybody releases that. Those so wines would fun. be so fun. I from, love that kind of taste from one vineyard. So, um, yeah. what's the vineyard called?
2: Just Thibodeau Thibodeau Vineyard. That's was this. So mm-hmm. Thibodeau Vineyard was before Thibodeau Winery.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah, it was just a, I wanted, I've always had wanted to, going off of Gibbsy, to build from scratch, from plant, you know, a blank canvas, per se, mm-hmm. a vineyard. Because be,
0: you and, were born into so much. Yeah, we yeah. had,
2: you know, if we had, and I'd planted other vineyards with, but you, when it was, okay, what is peachy need like mm-hmm. what is going to work with peachy's program peachy has history which is awesome to have mm-hmm. peachy has a varietal that they can hang their hat on which is awesome to have yeah. people don't that doesn't just happen overnight mm-hmm. um so when we were like when we were doing the 33 acres of dry farm stuff around the winery you know 10 i had to plant it twice because first time didn't <laughs> work out so well. um <laughs> root stock, did, root things. stock didn't work but uh yeah. and in the drought um what varietals are gonna work with Peachy? Well, you know, mm-hmm. so of course we're gonna do Zen. So we do a couple different clones of Zen. What's, and then we're also doing the Rhones because the Zen and roans go hand in hand mm-hmm. and and with this, with the Thibodeau thing, it was just, you know, how do you from the 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 you know, the rootstock, the varietals, the clones to the even the infrastructure? We you know, mm-hmm. do you want it to be a VSP or do you want it to be a vertical cordon or do you want it to be head pruned, or you know, whatever it was mm. just whatever we wanted. Mm-hmm. And I was super excited and took a couple of years to do that. And then all of a sudden it was like, I think I have to make some wine off of this too. Of this course is like you too do. Special, Yeah. What's like, the point in right, setting up a vineyard if of you're this, not? Right. Yeah. And so, um so, and that's kind of how. This
0: with went. those options, uh with so many different options, I mean, you're just even talking about how to train the vines. Right. Is that kind of overwhelming when you're like, oh, the row spacing mm. and the orientation aspect, all that kind of stuff. Was it overwhelming? It's, it's, it
2: is overwhelming in the fact that you don't obviously want to do it twice. Mm. Um, and you luckily, fortunately, you know, PASO has been doing this long enough to where you can see what works and what yeah. doesn't work.
0: You can um, ask buddies. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, you know, and
2: that back to that camaraderie thing. Like I, I reached out. You know, what is the, what is the best spacing? You know, I know what spacing. Uh, we have old vineyards that are, mm-hmm. ten by twelve. You know, these huge wide rows, and the plants are super far apart, and it's totally not, the way you should be doing yes. today. But it, it worked then. Um, and, you know, I don't have a qu- own equipment to go extremely high density, nor did mm-hmm. I want to go extremely high density. So where is that in between? You mm-hmm. know, where can I get the best quality and yet still get s- the amount of tonnage to I can suffice to us as a brand yeah. and also share with our peers? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, it's, I, I don't know if it was overwhelming, especially like you said, because you could ask people. So I had friends come over mm-hmm. like, hey, what do you think? Scott, or what do you think? You know, you know, uh, Steve Vieira, who does all the Derby stuff. Yes, yeah. He came and he we he that guy's everywhere. He's everywhere, and he he did all my soil analysis for me and our pits. We did it together and to geek Mm -hmm. out and talk to him. And you know, he's doing stuff from Paso all the way to San Simeon.
1: So Mm -hmm. he's Mm -hmm.
2: worked with different stuff. And you know what? Oh yeah, that variety worked, but not that particular clone. You know, this clone works better than that clone, and know that rootstock yeah i know it's cool but you know maybe try that and
0: anybody who can make derby vineyard grow out on that hillside in Mm -hmm. san simeon Mm -hmm. that guy wins all the awards you know the fact that he knows how to do that is really something
2: he's talk about a a learning curve i Mm -hmm. think he's had from the you know dealing with that the spring winds over there and trying to get any crop set without literally have You know, he's had me in hysterics, like literally going in and they're picking berry by berry. Not even clusters off the vines. Stressful. Um, And the amount of tonnage off of such a, you know, pretty decent sized vineyard.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. So So what did you plant at Thibodeau then?
2: So we did... um, we, you know, we did some Zin for Peachy. Mm-hmm. I always wanted, you know, we, this would be our fifth estate vineyard on the west side. On wow. um, Peachy. We that's have, under the Peachy Canyon yeah. family. Oh, yeah. That's just yeah.
0: so impressive uh, though, to think of, you know, your this parents was, coming from.
2: Right. And then yeah. we, we wanted to have, and this was our first one in the Willow Creek. So then we mm-hmm. have one in Templeton Gap, one in Willow Creek and three in the Adelaide. And, um, so I did some Zin, and I did Zin. You know, to back up even more, I had done the UC Davis project mm-hmm. with Peachy Candy and the Heritage Vineyard for a lot of years. And so mm-hmm. I was able to, of those 18 different clones over the years, I've watched them and was able to pick two clones that I really liked out of Mendocino. Oh, cool. And planted those. And then that was two of the blocks in. One of the other Zin blocks, I used the Uberoth clone, hmm. which is that historical old vineyard.
0: I'll be um, honest. I've never heard of that. Um,
2: Turley does it. It's Turley's kind of wine.
0: Is and, and you said there's an Uberoth vineyard?
2: Yeah, there is an Uberoth vineyard and Turley does it. And a that's vineyard Turley's. Yeah, okay,
0: that's gotcha, there. gotcha.
2: So I was able to get wood off of that. but then, And then the two Mendocino clones I put on Tolerant Rootstock on um, hmm. 1103, they're you know, vigorous for that really chalky high lime soil, they can handle it. But then I also took the Uberoth and did it all own rooted, so just literally like old school. Out? Just yeah, I had okay, that that's hard. not the sad story. So far. No, so, so far, hard. yeah, right? Yeah, no, no, it's um, I got it to the nursery, got them wood, and then they made me just a whole bunch of little seedlings. So and cool, it's super cool. And the plants are really happy. I mean, and I just in my mind, I'm like, well, these old vineyards have been here a hundred years. Mm-hmm. Just sticks in the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not phylloxera tolerant and maybe not, you know, can hang up to handle other disease pressures mm-hmm. as well. But it's something Stood works. The yeah, yeah. Time. Let's, try. The Let's yeah. try it. And yeah. so far, it's phenomenal. That is so cool. Um, and then we did um, two clones of Syrah, Grenache, Moved, mm-hmm. Carignan, and Petite Syrah.
0: Oh, so you're all roan all the time. Okay. That's fun. And it kind of makes sense. You
2: know, there's, it's what I like. It's what Mm -hmm. do, first and foremost, what do we want to make? Uh, Yes. What do we want to drink? drink. Yeah. Yeah, Right. And, um, and that's, you know, yes, I love all the other wines and there's stuff that Mm -hmm. I, you know, you only have so much space too. Yeah. It was hard doing that many. It's like, it was, it's, it's a, it's not a grape grower's vineyard by any means. It's a winemaker's vineyard in the fact that there's. So you know, one acre of this and one acre. That, so like picking it's a royal pain in the ass because it's like, okay, yeah, we're going to come in to pick one acre. These two inches. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, wow. But it makes it fun. And, it, you know, with having that variety, that's why I was able to get those other guys in, you yeah. know, and, and I've had people, call, you know, over the years of developing it and planting it and stuff, I've had a lot of friends drive by or call be like, hey, mm. I want in when I'm ready. Or you're ready, I'll buy, I want some grapes when you're ready. That's such it's, a vote okay. of confidence, It is, too. it's cool. And that alone was like, this is really cool. And to mm. see pe- other people excited about it. Yeah. You know,
0: Gibsy, did you grow up drinking wine? I mean, your family, were they big wine drinkers? No.
1: Uh, maybe like the Carlo Rossi. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Irish. a big jug. Irish family. <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah. Gibsy is
0: an Irish name, yeah? Uh,
1: it's short for Gabrielle. So oh. I gave my secret away, um, but it is, I mean, it's my, it's on my driver's license, so it's yeah. a, I've always been gypsy. but yeah. It's a
0: great name.
1: Yeah. But yeah, I, I didn't grow up, I mean, my family were teachers, mm-hmm. Um, big, big family, but um, yeah, we, we grew up outdoors and traveling mm-hmm. and, you know, doing all the stuff that, we could do to get away from where we were. We, we grew up in Visalia. Okay. But we've spent a lot of time at Lake Nosomeno. Mm-hmm. My family had a little cabin there. And all of my aunts and uncles, my grandparents had cabins there. They still do. Uh, Is that in... There are communities out there that are really...
0: Like you can't sell, you can't sell it, oh, right? Yeah, and we're in we have those. friends in, in <laughs> one of those and we are just like, oh man, it'd be so cool to get one of those, yeah. you know, assuming there's water in the lake. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. but so your family, yeah, they so have I grew up those... going out
1: there. I grew up going, driving through Paso Robles, you know, yeah. we'd go to the Kmart and Paso Robles and mm. you know, the McDonald's and then we'd go out to the lake for yep. the weekend. So yeah. yeah, but that's, that was my upbringing. Mm-hmm. But no, not not in wine, mostly in education and coors light. <laughs> coors light. I have I have some
0: coors light running through my veins too, for sure. Yeah. Um when you started so when you met Josh, it was totally outside of wine.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, we met uh we met during the orientation of University of San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um I was uh, I was I was uh woefully recruited, I did not want to be there, but I was recruited to be the orientation, part of the orientation team mm-hmm. to welcome the incoming freshmen. Josh was on the board. Um, I, when I interviewed all my roommates and I had interviewed and I was offered the opportunity to work for free for a week and all of my <laughs> I want to invite you to work yeah. for free yes, for a week and yeah. none of my roommates were offered that same opportunity. So of course mm. I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't know anybody. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather work and make money. Um, and, uh, unbeknownst to me behind the scenes, the Josh and the board, they were sort of not going to let me out of my Mm -hmm. commitment. So I, I showed up and when I showed up, Josh was my orientation leader, the manager of the group of, um, kids that I was with upperclassmen that I was Mm -hmm. with and we met and, and that was kind of the end of it. We never really separated after that. was well, one time when he tried to dump me, but
0: <laughs> so funny how many times those stories. She wouldn't let me come up. I
1: told him no, no. Everything's going fine. I don't know. You're having a panic moment. We're just going to keep going. I'm ignore that you're. Telling and you're like, me, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. And 21 years later, I
0: love you know, it. Everything's years of marriage.
1: Everything's great. <laughs> Two kids.
0: Well, so couple when you dogs. come along and and you enter this winemaking family, like, you know, one of the heritage families around here.
1: Did you have an interest in what they were doing uh, from the beginning? Oh, totally fascinating. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, I think when we first met in college, he brought a bottle of wine. I don't think you remember this, but you brought a bottle of Peachy Canyon. We made spaghetti. I mean, mm-hmm. it's typical dating, it. yeah. right? We made spaghetti and you brought a bottle of wine and I thought, this is weird. Um, <laughs> and you, you're very humble, but you've always been very humble about the way that you present your... Background, but mm-hmm. it was like, oh yeah, and this is my family's winery, you know. And so, we went home to your to the original Peachy Canyon location, which is on the label. That's the house that you see, which is now um, Manassian Young owns it. But Wait, when where you see is it, that though? It's right. out on Peachy Canyon Road, yeah, it's about six miles out. Oh,
0: so I've never seen that then.
1: No. Oh, cool. Because yeah, right. I think we moved to the production facility in... Yeah. 99. Mm-hmm. Where we are today is
2: yeah. the old Twin Hills, but yeah, Peachy okay. Canyon was started out on Peachy Canyon Road.
1: Bought mm. that. But we got married in 2001, mm-hmm. and we had our rehearsal dinner yeah, at your parents' there, at the original right? That must have been beautiful. So so it was. Know. It was. That house was... Fantastic. The you property say was, was, is it beautiful. gone? No. Yeah. no oh, okay. I mean, okay. It is still there. I haven't been in years, but um, yeah. So we we met and, and I got to see this amazing house and the vineyard. And I thought, wow. And the the winery at the time was in the back, which it is still. I guess I shouldn't yeah. talk about it like it's dead. but No, it's still there. <laughs> it's, you it's are kind of talking about it like it's, it's dead. It disappeared in my mind. Um, <laughs> yeah. In reality, it is there. So yeah, behind the house was the little winery. And then... You started the harv- you started working the harvest. That's yeah. what happened. We were dating in college and I mm. came back up a couple mm. months into dating and came up and you would just tell me, "Just sit." I'd say, "You know, what do you want me to help you with?" He'd be washing bins or yeah. driving the Hose tractor and tanks and Yeah. Yeah. One of the most romantic things he'd ever say to me was like, "Oh, just sit there and look pretty." You no. Know. Oh, okay. This is going to work out. Fine. Yeah, that
0: that's good. You know, I remember I was talking to Cynthia Lore one time about what it is to be a kid growing up in Paso wine country and um and she said, you know, there's this romanticism about kids running through the vines and all of that. It is romantic. But it also kind of is real. It's real. It's, really it's real. It's real. Like, I just want to tell people, no, you don't understand. Especially my friends who don't live around here. Um, I went to school back east, and I have a lot of friends who kind of can't believe it when they've visited. They're like, what is happening here? Um, but it's real. Like, there are so many families and more all the time. What are we at in Paso? It's like 200-something. Yeah. Yeah wineries um there are lots of kids growing up running in the vines and yeah there's a lot of unsexy work too there and a lot of stress with finances and Mm -hmm. entrepreneurship and all of that but but it's pretty great like i can only imagine some you know dating somebody who brings a bottle of wine being like wait what what's happening Uh right now and then visiting and seeing this
1: place it's really pretty magic yeah and we sort of got swooped right into Mm -hmm. the paso the beginnings of the 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 new second generation second age yeah. yes yeah, we yeah. moved into we we bought a home our first home over in the river oaks development mm-hmm. in Passerables, mm-hmm. and and we had um gosh everybody was in that neighborhood i felt like we we mm-hmm. became really close friends with scott and Vichel holly of mm-hmm. um torren um which they were not torren at the time oh, no. um she was selling barrels and he, he was, was at
2: Summerwood, yeah, and he, he was, was at Fetzer, Fetzer actually yeah. Fetzer, I think, before mm-hmm. he was Summerwood. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And Steve Croner was living next door mm-hmm. to us of Crowbar. and um, <laughs> Silver Horse oh, and at Silver the time. Hors, Silver Horse, yeah. Silver Horse. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was great. I mean, we became friends with a lot of the, you know, all these young families that were in the wine industry, and, mm-hmm. and then promptly moved to Morro Bay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Took our kids and, and what, moved away. And what was that decision? You just missed the ocean?
2: Uh, yes and no. Part of it was... I, yes, I had always had the, I would go to go surf and I'd be gone for five hours. And yeah, this
1: was before you could check surf line. So you would get up in the morning and ride. Yes. So if you could imagine being um, either a young couple or a young couple with a newborn, um, Mm -hmm. which we were both um, over those many years, Mm -hmm. but yeah, Josh would work harvest and he would work Fourteen hour. I mean, Peach Canyon was making so much wine at the time. You were working yeah. fourteen hour days and six or seven days a week, and work was always there. And uh, and then you, the times that you got off, you would get up at six in the morning and then come home at two or three in the afternoon That's on Saturday, and sometimes lot. say. Oh, I'm really angry because I didn't surf. <laughs> I just drove around. It was like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know this conversation. Mm. Yeah, oh. that's a tough with a, so, with yeah.
0: little ones. Yeah. Just gosh, oh, yeah. it's all crazy yeah. making. So, but yeah, it was I'm, also
2: that was part of it. But then also, it was you know, I loved that time. That was that's a, such a special era or time for Paso. You know, the day the Via Creek days when everybody yeah. would it was just a fun get together. Like yes. you could go down there and. Winemakers, Chris Cherry
1: would greet you at yes, the door. That was right. such, an it industry. Was yes. such uh, a spot, Such a
2: fun time and that was when really, you know, obviously history had started in Peachy, but that's when that next that mm-hmm. air that revolution of Quality and branching out and diff- the Roan movement kind of yeah. starting and everybody there was just an energy. Some second generation, some
1: some just new to the Noobs new to yeah. the area. Right. Yeah, it was great. But
2: then we also had a, a moment us to where it was like we need to be. You couldn't go out and just be Gibsy and Josh for dinner. You,
1: yeah, yeah. You couldn't well, go you probably have that you probably have that here in St. Louis. Well, just we know
0: everybody. It's right. like you even, this is not, I shouldn't even bring this up, but, um, you know, right before you came, I was saying that Jake had foot surgery. I had to go down to Rite Aid really quick. I was like, do I have enough time before it gives and Josh show up? Yes, I think I can. So run down to Rite Aid, just trying to buy, no kidding, hairspray, ice cream, and a shower chair for Jake. <laughs>
1: fun things of middle age, the weirdest trio of things I had to buy. But
0: you know, I ran into a couple different people. We're chatting about things. I'm holding this stuff. And just there are times when I, I mean, I love this community is like a net to me when things fall apart, people show up and that's unbelievable. I do sometimes wish that I could just run to the post office and get back. But I love people too much.
2: No. And that's so, and that was part of when, you know, we, Part we wanted to be able to get away from that, but it was more because it was usually it was like a sales barrel barrel salesperson or a, okay, so a that grape grower person hard. or a, you know something like that to where because now in Morro Bay we have that same thing you go through yes. but nobody knows us as wine wine people,
0: people right, really right. and being sold to. Like, if yes. you're running into, like, barrel yeah. or, to you. or capsule people, you? you're everybody's, right. yeah. yeah. And it
1: feels like, yeah, everybody's a potential client right. or you. customer. No. No. Or no. it did, it was overwhelming. I think when we, when we first had Sydney, our first right. child, mm-hmm. we were trying to establish family and family is really important to us. And we mm-hmm. wanted that family unit and it was really hard to sort of lay down that foundation of we have family time and, yes. you know, so being anonymous in Morro Bay was like the best gift. Yeah. For a few years, in fact, for a few years, I, I had a I made a pact to not make friends with anybody in Morro Bay because it, we didn't. <laughs> I didn't pact had with my who, friends. A, a pact, pact with myself. With yourself. Okay. Because I love and I still to this day I just had coffee with Jenna O'Reilly from Prue and mm-hmm. Maureen Trevisan from Lynne Coloto and I mean mm-hmm. it was just like Viquel from Torrent. We all got together and had coffee and um mm-hmm. we're still close friends and we still you know get together so. It, it hurt a little bit to leave mm-hmm. Paso Robles and leave all of those friends and that community. But, you know, I, I wanted to maintain it. We we had a summer dinner series for a long time where we would get together every couple of weeks and mm-hmm. all the families would get together. Um, we did that for many years. Even when we moved to Morro Bay, mm-hmm. they would come to our tiny well, little house awesome. and, and they would all descend with all the kids and all the diapers and everything. And mm-hmm. So we did that for a long time. So I am proud to say that we've maintained those mm-hmm. relationships. We yes. didn't leave Paso to leave our friends, we left Paso to, to sort of shed the, in, the weight yeah. of the industry for a little bit. So yeah. And it was good. It was great. I mean, totally, we got to raise our kids in the beach community, which was a little... You could do worse. It, yeah. yeah mm. It was a little nerve wracking. When we first moved, I thought we'd live there for a year or two. And mm. then we'd go back home to Paso mm. because Josh was commuting. I mean, the hours, harvest hours are
0: hard. I don't
1: even understand
0: it, to be mm. honest. And you've been doing this how long? 30? Uh, not, tw- this is like my 25th. Okay. 24th, oh, 25th. Sorry. Oh, it's
1: okay. It's the okay. The dog is in the car. <laughs> Do you need to go
0: check no. on the dog? Yeah. Okay.
2: Um, so 98 was my first vintage. And okay. I did two one year when we were in Australia, so whatever.
0: Oh, right. The double, the double. The yeah, yeah, yeah. You get a double. I love it when you get the yep. two different hemispheres. Okay, but that is it's so brutal. I don't understand doing one harvest, mm. let alone 25. I really don't. It's, um,
1: we've had some burnout years yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And there
2: yeah. were, there was some, when we were really jamming with peachy and it's heyday, you know, that was challenging. And then when chronic was jamming and it's before WX came along mm-hmm. and then yeah, I've had, you know, it's, It's like any other industry though, but harvest, yeah, it's just nutty. It's just, just, you gotta, you, it's so much the the stress of the most, the hardest part for me is the weeks prior to getting started. Cause I'm like dreading it, and then mm. once we start, it just get in the zone, and yeah. then you
1: just gotta go. You know, this harvest was pretty pain painless. We had such a great crew so this year,
2: and so fast. Like yeah. we had interns from one from Moldova, one from mm-hmm. Argentina, one from New Zealand, and one from Mexico, and oh they my were gosh. all so solid. I
0: love that.
2: And we house them you get at the to winery, pay it back, right? Yeah,
0: yes. for all the experiences oh, gosh. that you have, and yeah. eat at the table. Like yeah. I don't care what table it is, if it's right. like midday or whatever. But those accents around the table. Yeah. Like, I, like yeah. that just sounds yeah. heavenly. No,
2: they and they were such a good crew, and mm. harvest was crazy with those heat waves. But they all, mm-hmm. you know, they they knew what they were doing, so we could buckle down and get it done. And yeah, last grapes today. Like I was saying,
0: so cool. Yeah. So tell me, okay, so with Thibodeau, when you decided, okay, we're gonna start this exclusively online
1: winery. That's so tiny, by the way. How tiny is it? We are making 30 to 40 cases of every oh. wine that we make. I mean, we're, we're really tiny. Oh, my God. It's a so special fun. thing. So generous. Every, Thank you. Every bottle is like hand, you know, it's hand numbered and hand wrapped. That was just the, the way, the approach we wanted to do it was just like, this is special stuff and yeah. we want to make very little and make it really special. So, mm. yeah. So we're making very little.
0: Yeah. Okay. And you, who's farming it for you?
2: Me.
0: You're doing everything.
2: Uh-huh. Wow. hundred percent.
0: Wowie. So this is, are you, so I'm probably not uh-huh. going to be able to say Sorry. this. No, no, no. I, I'm i just, it's hard for me to figure out how to say it. But um, I've heard people say, you know, you always hear wines made in the vineyard. Okay, fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. <laughs> fine. Uh, but then there's also this winemaker. So to be a farmer vintner, mm-hmm. which is now what you are, mm-hmm. Do you see power? Do you feel like there's more influence in the farming or in the mm. winemaking?
2: Huh. Well, I definitely think there's a lot. You have a hundred percent vested and a hundred percent influence in the farming,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and that's you know that's a a lot of people don't have that experience, not to a fault of their own they just yeah. haven't been you know been fortunate enough to start a side project to be able to offer yes, exactly. acquire finances to be able to do this this wouldn't have happened if it had that hadn't come along mm-hmm. um you know and they are you know and it's until you actually do it it's it's you like I can do it i have it whatever I want to do I can do tomorrow and whatever to whether the irrigating, like something mm-hmm. you're at a grape grower and I'm telling you like, please turn off the irrigation. You look at me like, Oh yeah, sure. I'll turn it off. And then I leave and you're like, I'm not turning off the water or my you vineyard. forget
0: or whatever.
2: Yeah. yeah. Right. You know, and, and when it's your vineyard and you're selling the grapes, you have to do what's best for the vineyard and you want to do what's best for the customer. But I'm going to do what's best for my vineyard, regardless of you as the buyer. Mm-hmm. And, Mm-hmm. Even though you want me to do things, and I'm paying you, and and some some growers will, but they're paying the customers paying huge dollars, right, yeah. for that vineyard. Um,
0: but like your reputation is
2: your reputation's everything. Once, there. Yeah, when you so like when I was you know, so back to your original question, real quick. Um, mm-hmm. I have mo- I think I have more influence today on the outcome of the wines from what I've done over the last for years with the vineyard, not particularly just from picking the site, Mm -hmm. picking the varietals, picking the clout, everything. That is such a huge thing that's going to parlay into the history of all the wines coming off that vineyard. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mm -hmm. then yes, every vintage from starting at pruning to the day we pick, I have the ultimate say Mm -hmm. on how that fruit turns out. Nobody else has has anything Mm -hmm. where before, you know, when you're buying yes you that person has their reputation and yes there are growers that will go up and down and do whatever they want for the buyer um, but that's not all i've bought grapes from as far east and west and north and south as the paso ava mm-hmm. from the 500 hundred dollar ton to the thousands of dollars mm-hmm. and the one ton of the acre to the eight tons of the acre and i've done mm-hmm. it all It's
0: crazy to think about. Yeah,
2: it's uh, it's mind-boggling.
0: So many inputs, so
2: Mm -hmm. much. Um, But then, yes, in the winery, then you do have influence as the winemaker, Mm -hmm. and from you know, I mean, even the the the, two of those two reds are night and day different from each other, and those are winemaking decisions.
0: Are they both one variety?
2: Exact variety, exact day picked, exact vineyard, exact everything you if i told you that hadn't told you that and you tried those uh-huh. you'd be like what are these
0: really yeah.
2: and that's wine making yes the fruit was the fruit it yes. came in i split it in half and made them two totally different ways
0: so that i actually love that i'm kind of over the whole wine is made in the vineyard thing i get that the raw stuff has to be pristine it I, does. and i i fully support and and believe in that it's like cooking if you have like moldy cheese and you have crappy ingredients yeah it's not gonna make like you can only do so much but the winemaker i don't like that idea of just shepherding something like this you know from from raw materials to this wine because i know for a fact that there's influence with the winemaker and i want to taste your fingerprint on something i really truly do that kind of stuff i love that like you can i mean i in
2: take it even a step further Mm -hmm. james berry vineyard Mm -hmm. probably the most well-known vineyard in paso right now and has been for a while i can put those wines side by side from different winemakers that are sourcing fruit out of that vineyard and they're all different yeah they're not the same and that's different styles different Mm -hmm. decision makings different you know whether they're Doing new, nutri- uh, you know, native yeast or cultured yeast mm-hmm. or oak, different oak. whatever. You know, yeah, oh, there's all oh, there's. There are things. Yes, the fruit was is what it is, but we they do have say mm-hmm. in the wines in the end, um, with doing things with their hands mm-hmm. and their mind and their ideas. And I mean, we can make the wines different based on how many you know. Just even if we. Started the ferment the same, and you wanted to press it after ten days, and I wanted to press it yeah. after sixty days, and we did the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. They're different wines. They're yeah, yeah. The same. Um, so yeah, no, we.
0: I like that. I like to feel the talents and the intentions of the winemaker. Right. That's I what really I ask do. All,
2: I ask different winemakers in the industry all the time, like, "What are you doing? Why you know? Why mm-hmm. are you doing that?" And I don't. I've tried more and new things with this new Thibodeau project because i'm have the the there's no handcuffs like not that peachy has handcuffs but no no PG but there's, have, a style, a there's a style there's a style there's a yeah. house style there's a particular when somebody goes and buys a particular wine as in for they're pg expecting they're something. expecting something yeah. mm-hmm. or this being the winemaker i can bring it in and i can take one wine and make two different or mm-hmm. take one day of grapes and make two wines or why, I think it's been I mean, such an experiment. Yeah.
1: Everything's been an experiment. I mean, from, mm-hmm. from yeah, the, the two wines you're talking about are interesting, right. too, because the Just Because is a carbonic Syrah. That oh, he's never, I love carbonic. Yeah. I never made a carbonic
2: I never before. had made it till a carbonic wine until I started Thibodeau, and then everybody predominantly is Grenache and Pinot. So yeah, like, I've okay, never had
0: carbonic Syrah. No,
2: so I said, I want to take a different winemaking approach, yes. and I'm going to do it with Syrah.
0: So that is I mean, night and day. I mean, those yeah. will be completely different. And then different. the wine
2: yeah. next to it, the Bedfellow, is the same exact Syrah, mm-hmm. but I did it in the more traditional. Yeah. Got more barrel town aging, you know, de stemmed, you know, mm-hmm. and some whole cluster, 50, yeah. you know, Yes, and you okay. know, stuff like that. But it's the same exact fruit. Yeah. And it's super cool to
0: try them. It's so fun, yeah. I can tell you're so, excited yeah. about it too. Well, so so Peachy Canyon has this, and you know that's your your parents' business. Uh, it's a family business, I'll mm-hmm. say, but it has its own style, style, house style, and and audience, and all that. And then chronic sellers has its own style and yes. audience. What would you say the style and audience of Thibodeau is?
2: Well in a perfect world in Gibbsy's perfect world it would I want to hear Gibbsy's very, perfect world a uh, very elegant kind of <laughs> really um, um, very well balanced structured low alcohol mm-hmm. um this is what the like, winemaker's wife asks, right? Like almost if As you the could,
1: winemaker's wife, you get to request what you want. We all do it. Yep. Yeah,
2: um, doesn't mean we can, or always will, or do. Well, or and, can, but their input but, is valued. Yes, very Absolutely. much so. Absolutely.
1: Happy wife, happy life. <laughs> um, I think you know when you're asking for lower alcohol, that's a challenge in Passerables for yeah, sure. Right. Yeah.
2: Um, but it, that's. I think that would be, if and I will shoot for the, those goals of mine, But I, I like more texture I Mm -hmm. like weight I like not necessarily big high octane wine I like big balanced wines Mm -hmm. I'm not a um, ultra ripe person I'll pick Mm -hmm. usually lower um, bricks than the average guy in
0: Mm
2: -hmm. my our region of Paso I think yeah Um, that's just stylistically that's been my comfort zone as well Mm -hmm. like I really like being in there I'm not
0: you're not going to be the sixteen percent
1: guy. No,
2: not you know, and not
1: sometimes dangerously close. Yeah, and
2: not you know, but um, yeah, just it depending on the season, depending on yeah. the, you know, and this vineyard is a is a, is, it could who we'll see what it offers as well. Right. Um, this year was a little, but we had such a low crop in twenty twenty two vintage, and mm-hmm. bringing in some new buyers, I was kind of not at the mercy of them, but I was sharing. So some of them will push the envelope a little bit and then some we didn't as well, which was nice.
1: Yeah. So we'll see next year what that, how that changes
2: um, over time. It's yeah.
1: Well, you were saying we have really light yield for the 20, the 21 we did pick and it's in barrel now. So it'll, Mm -hmm. it'll be released in the spring, which we're excited about. It'll be, Mm -hmm. we started with, um, the, just because and that, the bedfellow, those two Syrahs that are done differently, same fruit. Um, those are from Sherman Thatcher, also friends of ours, oh, yeah. um, Sherman yeah. and Michelle. So that that Syrah came from them. When we mm-hmm. started, we, we couldn't pick our vineyard. We started yeah. in 20, well, we launched in 2021. So we're a year into mm-hmm. this, this month. Um, hmm. Yeah, it's been a year.
0: Um. <laughs> well done, you guys. I mean, gosh, that is no joke. And a
1: lot of learning, a lot yeah. of learning. When you think you know it all, you don't. You mm-hmm. know, just when you think you've got it figured out, you definitely it's don't. It's like parenting. But it's just like parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, more more about that later. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think the getting to be able to release some of our new... Wines that are estate wines, super exciting. That the we brought you a rose that's mm-hmm. a, um, a grenache rose, and so mm-hmm. that was our first estate, proper estate.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so exciting!
1: Bottle. So that, that it is, it's really exciting. So it will, we're excited to be able to share some more estate fruit and mm-hmm. some more, you know, as we grow and and who knows how how we'll grow. I think still 30 to 40 cases of everything, maybe 50 cases of, of each wine that we make. So I'm mm-hmm. looking at Josh like. You're going to give me the nod of approval, right? Because I really don't want to go really it's big. It's really hard, though. It's, it's it, you
2: know, and this is way off topic, but you know, in my, I'm sitting here and my mind is wandering. I'm while as she's saying cases, I'm thinking like, mm-hmm. yeah, but how? If we only make that much, and how do we sell it? And is that enough mm-hmm. to sell? Because it's a science. It's yeah. a science yeah. because if this, like, so if this online world, which
0: I am very.
1: Josh is Maybe. my glasses half empty. Well, guy. no, it just sounds like it's, <laughs> it's,
0: it's it's like we're reserving judgment. There's on only some of that. there's only yeah,
2: sure. one or two wineries like
0: my stomach is growing. <laughs> um,
2: you know, like a Saxon who doesn't have a tasting room. Right online, does some small FOB distribution, but mm-hmm. very minimum. But you have to be the number one wine in the world to get to that. Yeah, so but are, it,
0: it start. But it started. I mean, he he went out on that ledge. Oh, very much so. Before he became number oh, one no, guy, you go whatever. Back and
2: look it was at, a, a risk. So. He got scores that were not favorable way back in the day. Yeah. He definitely made his way. Like he, it, like
1: they worked. I still, you know, mm-hmm. he he's
2: mm-hmm. he's Gibbs. Used to teach Olivia, their daughter, piano lessons for many years, and ah. we're they're awesome people. But he, you know, he. To be able to be online like that is not, it just doesn't happen overnight. So Mm -hmm. back to what I was thinking as you were saying the numbers, like if that doesn't work and then I try to go to you, the distributor, Mm -hmm. like say, hey, we need to sell wine in the market. Then they look at me like, well, you don't make enough wine for us to even take it. And then you go to send your wine to Wine Spectator and they go, well, you don't make enough wine for us to review it. And you're just like, oh so weird you get caught in this weird
1: Yeah, um, it's hard to be a small business in the industry yeah. it's hard to be a small business in any I've industry I've spilt
2: more wine you know in a day when I was in this, he, Peachy's heyday, than now it's harder to make this too yes. it's no hard to. Like, there's because no of room, regulation or no no just for sizing of like topping a barrel yeah. and how many barrel, <laughs> when you make so little it's like okay I oh this is a yeah. 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 yeah it's
1: a real Oof. challenge well it's funny because we have the bedfellows 50, it's 50% new Fifty percent neutral, mm-hmm. but that means that we only made one barrel. So, so it's we actually
2: here and I took it out. And it, out. <laughs> right.
1: it sounds really so. It's not like one barrel
0: made with half neutral stage, no, or it's not two barrels well, hey, like normally one. You know,
2: one full neutral one. Yes. and new, or one full new, one full neutral. It's. And have blend it. It's yes. like an SAT yeah. question.
1: Right. Yes, yes. How do you wow. have, how do you make the least amount of wine possible? But make it, <laughs> high it end. the hardest. Make That's it high crazy. end and have choices. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And accessible to people. Right. Speaking of accessibility, and I don't know, this may not be something you want to talk about on tape, but um, because your overhead, it sounds like, is pretty low. I mean, compared to having, well, I mean, compared to let's say peachy canyons overhead with right, right. A employees facility and, yes. and employees and benefits and all that kind of right. thing. yeah um does that change the price of the wine no. at all no well but you're uh. also the difference being though also you don't have economies of scale speaking of Thibodeau vineyard right. you're the farmer you're the winemaker right. so no you're not gonna charge less if you're like
2: out, out there, there. can we well, that's where our cost so we're a custom yes. crush client of PG. So we pay the family to make use of so nothing's free because that makes it it would get it keeps everything clean. When
1: there are mm-hmm. siblings and you know, there's you, right? it's yep, just business. it has to be fair. It's yep. all business. Yep. So
2: we we paid it every month to store and every month. We pay for harvest processing, so that keeps it all good. But We
1: pay the interns. <laughs> right. oh, yeah, we, do there. yeah, yeah we pay them. I mean, but yeah, yeah, the
2: vineyard is where it's so like the labor of the vineyard. The yeah, I wasn't even thinking vineyard, about that. The, the all the, the, it, well, that so is. Run in,
1: and, and the vineyard is being farmed organically, and we're working towards certification on organic on that the organic well done, end which yeah. that hurts the cost is, it's, it's crazy you, know, you do the run
2: to do the right thing so you're going to pay this much more and yeah. but it's the, our kids who don't even work in the vineyard they have a couple days but they're adamant like you need to do what's right we are right. trying yeah. so hard well, like, okay our, kids yeah,
1: <laughs> our eldest is an environmental science major ah. at UCSB so you know I think we're we approached this brand in trying to make it do it the right way. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, down to the 100% post-consumer waste paper, which mm-hmm. bubbles and is super label, challenged the to label get it is bottled. so hard. Mm-hmm. Bottled. We're probably one of the few people in the world that are using 100% post-consumer waste paper. The producer, paper, so that, awesome, the that people
2: that print the labels, hate. they're like, why would you ever do this? It's the most
1: expensive label. <laughs> label it's ever. the hardest to well, work with. But it's the right thing to do. Right? It is. And you're going to Everybody gonna be, jumps on that. Everybody is
0: going to eventually. I was right. just looking yesterday at... Um, something, the sustainable wine trail up in Paso and and Edna as well. And just looking at this list of like, look at all these certified sustainable now, and you may think whatever you want to think about these certifications, but there's so many of them Uh now. Uh It's not just Ambeth out there. You know, it's like there, everybody, it's this assumption that you will care about this, this. And I think that, you know, um, vineyard team has a lot to do with that. There's just a lot of education, but also this these young people who are like, this is the only way to do yeah. this, right? And, and they it, are our kids, and right? It, yes, yeah. and it
1: doesn't necessarily equate to business sense. No, you know, at doesn't. the end of the day, you go, God, why am I? Why am I? You know, 100% cork and the recyclable materials and all of it. But well, because like you it's said, it's the right thing to do. Yeah, yeah, right. And it there, feels
2: good. There are so many people doing it now, which makes it. It doesn't, it is the right way to do it and that's all that they're going to buy, but there's a large amount doing it that doesn't equate to sales just skyrocketing. Yes.
0: Well, that's true. That's true.
2: Because we do, we're going the organic route. We've got the 100 post consumer waste paper and the, this box and the scores from the, you know, the enthusiasts and Dunnick and all that. And. It doesn't mean your sales are just all of a sudden overnight going to go
0: through the no, roof. No, no, right. It's crazy. Yes. That is, it's not like a foregone
2: conclusion. No, not, not, especially like, you know, 30 years ago when there was, you know, not yeah. a lot of competition. It was a totally different game. But now it's like,
0: yeah. Sorry to interrupt. That's as you're a, talking about wine enthusiasts and peachy top 100 wines and all, I mean, that you saw this bzzz, yes. steep, steep thing. But now you really, it's I, it's a, I don't want to say a saturated marketplace, but um It is. No, it I, is. I, maybe we, it is. Okay. We have
2: so right I mean this is and I this is, we could talk hours, you know, going this <laughs> hole down this rabbit hole of wine scores and reviews and critics and but Boo. we you know, I like to do it because I to like your interview to with see... Stephen
1: McConnell on the way here. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll circle back to that. <laughs> um,
2: I like to do it to see what they say. Mm. I, I don't necessarily it doesn't you know we in the enthusi- the new enthusiast, the bedfellow you have in there, it's yeah. ninety-four. We have the printed nice. label, it's all cool and I it's a feel good.
1: Yes,
0: it does feel good.
2: Is wine flying away? No.
0: But isn't there but, a value to that outside of sales? I mean exact- maybe I'm just yes. living in naive there I don't is. know.
2: There is. It's it's something for us to talk about. Yeah. It's something for us to share. It's something for our definitely a track 40, record and a 40, sense of pride. Yeah, yeah, and a
0: reinforcement of okay, it's it like you know when you make something, especially I'm thinking of like art. If, if I write something, and I you know you get too deep into it, yeah, you, is this even good? Mm-hmm. And then to get that kind of like a reinforcement of your values mm-hmm. and that it's translating to somebody who drinks this stuff all, all the, the time, time. exactly. That's, that's like, okay, we're on the right track, whether or not it's, you know, I, I would hope for everybody who gets great scores like that, that the wine is flying off the shelves. But even if it's not, it's not saying that's not to say there isn't any value. Exactly. No. And, you know, and I want to hear, you know, and they all in another way, you
2: know, and they all are different in how they value or how they, um. Appreciate or score or what they say about your wine, yeah, individually. Mm-hmm. From what you know, Tim Fish to Jeb Dunnick mm-hmm. to Matt Ketman will say about the same exact wine and how they'll score it. I mean, I've seen in the last six months, I've seen critics of Paso wines in a ten-point spread of the same wine, Isn't and it's that like interesting. It's mind-boggling to me, yeah. Um, but it's not that. One is right or wrong, but it's like, it's, it's just a part of. You just
0: triangulate. Yeah. Like um, what, what's the, do the, you, do you ever, do you guys like movies, TV? Like, do you watch movies? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not everybody does. Okay. So Metacritic is this wonderful way to, Jake and I all look up. Is that new Christopher Nolan movie any good? I don't know. It's subjective, uh-huh. but we'll go to Metacritic, which aggregates all the scores.
1: So this is not a Rotten Tomatoes, like a Yelp review. This is just a... Okay. It takes all
0: <laughs> of the mm. critics' scores, and it also has a place for laypeople to to make judgment, but it aggregates and averages everybody's scores. So you have a
1: ballpark
0: idea So of this is the new
1: million-dollar idea for... Yes. the wine industry i mean you need would, a metacritic for the wine industry i had never thought about
0: that I before either. that's pretty <laughs> cool. that is a great idea somebody who has technical prowess should try mm-hmm. to do that mm-hmm. that's pretty cool um we didn't talk about your kids at all so sydney is your oldest, oldest and, and she's at santa barbara yep
1: and ava is our youngest and she is at morabay high school she's a sophomore cool Yep. and uh yeah they Josh said they, they do they spend like a day or two we drag them to the vineyard to die birthday oh yeah and these are beach well, it's usually kids the heat of summer too beach right. kids well, yeah that's yeah. hard coast kids cannot handle heat right no. I mean mm-hmm. I I even have acclimated and I I'm a proud San Joaquin Valley right. you know product of the San Joaquin Valley I can handle heat I like heat but yeah. um yeah it it's hard to acclimate but yeah we we drag them over there
2: I have had a couple beach kids. Over the years, in the developing work, and yeah. work the summer,
1: yeah, or at higher, just, hire a just kid. break them just a yeah. little bit, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. a horse, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think the kids, I think our kids. I mean, you didn't ask, but I'm sure. telling you, yeah. um, I think they have learned the most about the wine industry since we launched Thibodeau mm-hmm. because they've oh, yeah. watched the the evolution of, you know, the design and the label mm-hmm. and the discussion and the, I mean, Josh will blend the wines in the dining table because he'll bring them home. It's more comfortable to do it at home, you know, mm-hmm. than it is to be in the lab or, um, and they, they both have really discerning palates, which is fun to have mm-hmm. them try. We dragged them through um, the Rhone Valley this summer, and it was oh, it was so, so cool. hot. We were lucky
2: there was a heat wave, so they're like, "Oh, okay, we'll go to another winery." They had
1: to, you know, <laughs> so I mean, when you're in the cellar, cool. it's cold. So yeah, they drank a lot of wine this summer. Um, oh. So yeah, I think they're, they've they've been exposed to so much more, even though we've been a part of PG Canyon and been a part of Chronic Cellars over their lifetime. This is in their face. This is in the yeah. dining room. This yeah. is, you know, I'm, I'm wrapping wine and shipping wine and printing labels mm-hmm. in the kitchen, you yeah, know, so. cause it's
0: small and scrappy and mm-hmm. yeah. 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 And they're a part of it. So that's really cool. Yeah.
1: It's been a fun, it's been a fun process. I think. You guys,
0: I did. I just looked at the hour and 10 minutes. I just, I love when conversations just go (laughs) and we don't have to, you know, drag and pull it
2: out. No, not at all. Well,
0: let me ask you if it was your last day on earth and you were like, man, it's been a good run. What would you eat as your last meal? And what would you drink and who would be there? It does not have to be anyone alive necessarily. And it, can be I actually just had someone answer the other day this is not a practical answer but i would have all of the foods and every person and i was like uh, what <laughs>
1: that's a pretty good one it was a good right? answer so yeah. anyway it doesn't have to be yeah. practical
0: just tell me tell me what you want to eat drink and be with who you want to be with uh-oh we could be here for a while mm. Mm. multi-course tasting well, it's, menu
1: it's funny because the first thing that came to mind was because we have a child that's been gone away from us for six weeks I Mm. get to plan a meal for her which I enjoy doing that's this weekend yeah that's this weekend so Mm. I'll just share the meal um, Mm -hmm. that I'm gonna prepare for her which is I love to make salads so it would be like a like a quinoa salad with Mm. sweet potato and goat cheese and butter leaf lettuce and spinach and just a yummy lemon vinaigrette dressing yes and then maybe a small filet on the side and some grilled asparagus and then, uh, very California, I
0: guess. Very, see. Californian.
1: Yeah. Um, and and pavlova, a family tradition. So it um, is uh, for because for of Australia, my family, my oh. mom always made pavlova. My parents actually lived in Australia for a couple of years when we were oh, really? before yeah. we were born. So, yeah. um, so it's uh, kind of Australia's always been an underlying theme of my life. Mm-hmm. So, pavlova, which I intended to make this weekend, but it ended up being chocolate chip cookies late last night. So That'll have to be. You're do, not thinking about this that. at all, are you? Yeah. No. You're not yeah. looking forward to her uh, coming yeah, on yeah, at all, no, are you? Not at all. <laughs>
0: oh. I love that. Mm-hmm. All right. What are you eating? Oh, wait.
1: No. Gifty, what are you drinking? What am I drinking? I, well, I just have to do like a personal shout out then. It'll be okay. a Thibodeau wine. Yep. It would be all the Thibodeau wines actually. Yeah. I would probably start with the first date with the Grenache Blanc. Um, here I go. Made in an amphora, which is super awesome. Oh, that was serious? also an experiment. Yeah.
2: Um, Went switch to Vermittino in 2022. First mm, time I've ever made Vermitino. So. That's so fun. Yeah.
1: From More your experiment?
0: Vineyard?
2: No, I purchased. Oh, okay. Yeah, Hunter we groups. don't grow white. I didn't, so, okay. yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then, yeah, and then probably move to the Just Because and then maybe finish with the Bedfellow. So, yeah. That's kind of lovely.
0: Fun. Yeah, it's good. Okay.
2: Well, I would. Uh,
0: can I tell you what I'm thinking right yeah. now because it changes mine has time. changed
2: three times since I you asked
0: have you ever been to Lowry's steak prime rib in Beverly mm, Hills or? no like it's these high ceilings it's from you know probably the 30s high banquettes and they like bring the Caesar salad and they do it in front of oh, you. Oh, yes, the prime rib. I'm not a huge prime rib person, but I do love steak. It's like a classic steakhouse. And then you get chocolate lava cake at the end, and and the
1: horseradish on Exactly. I think it's just a, it's just sort of an, a, vessel for horseradish for me. I love it. Horseradish cream. Anyway, today
0: <laughs> that's what I'm thinking, and with like an inky, maybe even a, maybe even like a Barossa Valley. Shiraz or something like that. Mm. Okay. I just primed. Now i
1: sort t- of set you up. Yeah. I no, my, I would be, I, I you're I, like a quesadilla. <laughs> no, I was,
2: no. So I think, um, just some, we, I would be sitting in Mexico on mm. the, my, on the porch. My parents, when I was in high school, they built a house down there and mm. we lived down there for a, my junior year. That's of high cool. school. Yeah. My dad would come back and forth to the winery He had Tobin James, Toby Shumrick, who is now Tobin James, started Tobin James at our facility. He was like making the wine there while he was making the wine with my dad at Peachy. So he would come back and work with him. And I think he'd be sitting on the porch there and either be fresh caught fish, fresh, Mm -hmm. you know, fresh Dorado or probably fresh Dorado. I haven't had fresh Dorado or tuna or chicken, too, because you always just grill chicken. You know, yeah. the, Well, there's a smoker down there, too, so to it's just a, just a whole other flavor. A, oh, it's so a good. After a day of mm-hmm. so much sun and yeah. grilled chicken, and then just a,
1: I think. You're going to say a beer.
2: No, because you're beard <laughs> out from the whole day, like some crisp white. <laughs> oh, I white, see. You, you have know, to do a white. Yeah, and yeah. I yeah, you know, um, can't do red. No, no espre okay. the esprit, you know, from Toblis.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um,
2: yeah. some fresh, you know, a cold rum, white Rome. Hmm. Um, after a summer that, you know, of a beer all you know, a bunch mm. of Pacificos and stuff all day. Some, so much Pacificos. Some good white, yeah. Some good white Rome, a white Burgundian, some good shard or something. Something crisp and that cold sounds awesome.
0: And, yeah. No wonder my answer <laughs> changes all the time. Yeah, everybody's in great ideas. Years. Yeah, yeah. 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 So fun to talk to you guys. Thanks for coming yeah. down and and giving me so much time. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Consumed podcast, which is now in its fifteenth season. Hard to believe. If you have suggestions for guests, questions, or comments about the show, please contact me via my website, let'sgetconsumed dot com. While you're there, sign up for the newsletter, buy a little consumed pin or download live episodes. On Instagram, I'm at consumed.podcast. Consumed is produced by me, Jamie Lewis, and edited by Chris Lambert. Until next time, thank you for listening.